Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Friday afternoon. Uh, for the last time in a little while here, wow. that means one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, you know the drill between the two of us. Oh, there's a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. We'll let you figure out the rest of the details as we roll along. We're rocking and rolling, having some fun on a Friday. You know how to chime in on Twitter for the next 120 minutes. You can find us there at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. Arthur Motes, our last noon time slot for the time being. I like to imagine, you know, we'll be back occupying this lunchtime position at some point. Don't, don't, don't even say that. Don't even say that. We don't know that just yet because they could say, hey, look, man, we like the money team. That's true. We, we like them in this drive time hour. That's true. So we might let them just rock with that. Give them the don't, extra. Don't, don't get the over extra here. Yeah, don't get over here being all willy nilly, all backtracking, all hedging your bets. <laughs> you, 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 you trying to, you, you know what you're doing right now? It's kind of like, it's kind of like when you, you got a lot of hope in something, and you feel like, oh man, this is finally happening, and you're like, nah, nah, that's nah, too good to be true. You know what? I ain't even gonna like it all the way like that. <laughs> I, 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 I don't love her. I just like her a lot. Right, I mean, she cool. She's cool. But she's cool, but we ain't serious. It's all right. That's what you're doing right now. Don't do that. We diving this thing head first, man. If we fall flat, we fall flat. But other than that, man, we gonna live and enjoy the moment. We are enjoying the moment here on a Friday. Our last time with you at noon, you know, indefinitely going forward here because for the month of August and Steelers training camp, we will be transitioning three to six o'clock. An extra hour for the electric factory for the power grid. Motsi and I, a little drive time action. And, I mean, that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg of good news. Live programming is back mm-hmm. on SNR from 8 a.m. until 8 p.m. Monday to Friday. Next week, Arthur Motes, you know, we joke a lot about giving the people what they want. But eight hours. Wait, is that? No, 12? 11 yeah. hours. Is it, wait, it's 9 a.m. to 8 o'clock at night, right? Tunch and Wolf go on at 9. Uh-huh. And then the last show with Matt Williamson and Dale Lolly and Mike Pursuta is until 8 o'clock. So quick math, 11 hours. <laughs> 11 right. hours of Steelers coverage uh, every single day. You are right trying to get yourself here. a headache, boy. You I tripping. am trying to get myself a headache. Uh, starts with Tunch and Wolf in the morning. You got Motes and I, 3 to 6. You'll get Matt and Dale for the drive in there. Uh, you'll have Matt, Dale, and Mike Prasuda for an evening time show. A whole bunch of good stuff planned, all kicking off next week. It's been uh, obviously a little different here than it normally is in late July, but hopefully next week uh, with what? It'll be the third of the one. Two? Yeah, third of Boy, August. You working too hard over here I'm now. I'm working too hard on a you Friday. You better stop it. It's I'm Friday. Too hard on a Friday. We don't work hard on Fridays. You know that. We get the paper, we talk to the people, and we chill on Fridays, baby. Okay, let me put my feet up here. Yeah, yeah. Come on, relax. man. You know what, Arthur? Most it's a Friday today. What you want to start? What you want to talk about first? What be, are we gonna start be with? Today? Like what be like water. Be like water. Find your right? level. Yeah. I'm like a duck. Is it like warm water or is I'm it like cold a, I'm water? like a duck, you know. I'm, on top, I'm calm and I'm cool. Oh, but you AB. That's the AB thing. Underneath, I'm just paddling like yeah. crazy. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. That's the AB energy. I like it. Are the most where are we starting today? You want to dive into these final NFL 100 ratings and talk some trash, or you want to talk some some sports happenings, some housekeeping? Well, first off, you know, I would love to dive into the top 100, but I don't want to give it, you know, 
not its full due. And I don't want to go from a happy topic to more of a not so happy topic in is terms of in terms of I the, mean you the, get to dunk on me for your boy. No, 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 no. This is what I'm saying though. We're gonna start out if we start out happy like this, then when we gotta talk about the current happenings well, between MLB and what's going on in Buffalo, then it brings me back down. I don't like that. I want it to be like a roller coaster. Okay. I want us to just keep going higher and higher, or tick, like tick, an airplane. Tick, you know tick, what I mean? Tick, so tick, let's tick, start tick, low tick, now tick, and get tick, it out the way. Tick, tick, tick. Yeah. I, 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 I hope my airplane don't tick like that. Well, that was the roller coaster. Oh, okay. I'm to say, to the top, you if, know, if tick, my tick, airplane's tick, ticking tick, like that, it's a problem. Uh, that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want that. <laughs> it's, it's not good. It's not good at all. So, Arthur Motes, the Buffalo Bills have sent their rookies home, right? Just the rookies, I believe, after. A handful of positive tests. Yeah, they, said, uh, they have five positive five? tests thus far. Okay, mm-hmm. I know one of them was my guy David Sills, formerly mm-hmm. formerly of WVU fame. Um, this coming with Arthur Motes. Uh, again, we've talked about this throughout the week. Kind of just the uncertainty with the situation with a few teams in Major League right. Baseball as well, starting with the Marlins, now maybe affecting the Phillies, and maybe, I think it was the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, the Cardinals and the Brewers actually just had their game postponed. Those will be scheduled for today. I think they said uh, two Cardinals players have tested positive thus far. So, Arthur Motes, one thing that we've done, and I get it, I mean, it had been, you and I, we kind of had like a, a pseudo tracker going on. I think it was like 132, 133 yeah. days without, you know, major team sports in the United States of America. This past week has been a celebration in a lot of ways, and that will continue this weekend, obviously. Basketball started last night. It's going. Bron, Bron! The NHL's back tomorrow. I mean, it's just a full slate of athletics this weekend, and we've all been waiting for that, and I think... Uh, I'm not telling people not to be excited. I do just, I don't want the celebrations to begin prematurely. You know, like, here's my example for you, Arthur Motes. When I was a kid, I think I've told you this before. I think I've shared this before. I don't know. It's a lot of things you don't share with me lately. LSU has kind of always been like my mistress school, right? Ooh, you dirty little Like, I don't root for LSU. I just really like I like their color combination. I really liked Les Miles. You know, Good I thought he was a tigers. I thought he was a character eating grass on the sideline and everything. I just loved how they always had studs on defense. I've told you before with my own two eyes standing on a sideline. Tyron Matthews' performance in Morgantown was the most impressive thing I think I've still seen. That's not hard to do uh, to this. Oh, you just <laughs> to this day. Um, when I was a kid, when I was maybe 12 or 13, LSU was playing Kentucky last game of the season. And Kentucky hadn't beaten LSU for like 16 years or 14 years, something crazy like that. Kentucky was up on LSU, and there was three seconds left in the game, and Kentucky dumped water on their coach, mm. right? And the celebration on the oh, sidelines. Yeah, I do on. remember that. Absolutely. And yeah. LSU throws a Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. It bounces off a couple hands. Mm-hmm. It's caught by a Tiger, 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 okay. who runs it into the end zone, and LSU wins the game. Yeah. It was heartbreaking for Kentucky. And a big part of it, I think, was because they prematurely started their celebrations. See, I look at it like they just didn't finish. You could celebrate prematurely, but you got to finish. <laughs> Arthur Motes, I'm worried. Call it whatever you want. Yeah. That when it comes to this return of sports, that we're either we got to finish or we just not got to celebrate prematurely. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, man, I think that has been from a national standpoint. People are looking at sports just starting as crossing the finish line. But as we've seen, like you said, with the MOB, like we're seeing right now with the Buffalo Bills, that isn't the finish line. Just starting the season is, I mean, it's almost the tip of the iceberg. But we got to get into so much more of what really is going to have to play out throughout this season. Right. Um, when we talk about just for, I mean, we talk about football to give you a little context. 
right now, I, I look at this like this is going to be the easiest time because there isn't a lot going on just yet. Yeah. Everybody is still optimistic about their season regardless of what team you're playing for you're very optimistic here in Pittsburgh we share that optimism we know what it's like when you're coming into camp hey day one we feel like we have an opportunity to uh, compete for a championship but you have to also remember the Jacksonville Jaguars think like that um the Miami Dolphins thinking like that the Los Angeles Chargers are thinking like that all the teams across the nation are thinking like that it's easy right now even to the stay, Cleveland Browns right it's easy to stay <laughs> dialed and it's easy to stay focused it's easy to say hey guys let's make sure we're sacrificing let's not go out let's not do anything to jeopardize our team as coach Simon said it one fail we all fail mm-hmm. right it's an easy concept to grasp right now I want to see how they handle in that same concept late October November December when not everybody's when, when, in the playoffs. Yeah, when it's very clear that this team is two and eight, two and nine, they don't have a chance of making it. Are they still going to be as diligent? Are they still going to be willing to sacrifice not going out? Are they still going to be willing to sacrifice not putting themselves in compromising positions that could potentially lead to a COVID outbreak? It's easy to do right now in the NBA bubble. The reason why it's so perfect: number one, the bubble concept isolates sure. them, but number two, the only players that are there are contenders. All the teams that are there are contenders, even the teams that aren't in the playoffs just yet. You think about the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, and teams like that. All of them are within two to three games of if we win these next eight games, we're in. So you have something to compete for. You have something to be locked in for. It's a lot easier to be focused when you still are in the race, when you still are motivated. We talk about all the time just in regular circumstances regular football seasons when it's not COVID when you don't have the responsibilities how I've been on teams where you're sitting in week 12 week 13 and you know you don't have a chance of winning anything and guys start shipping their cars home guys start hey, cutting down on them leases guys start going out a lot more because they know hey there is no consequence we're not gonna even if we win these next three games it doesn't do anything we're still gonna be fourth or at best third in our division we're still not gonna make the playoffs we don't have a chance and even when in a normal circumstance, guys already start acting like that. So you're not going to tell me that in this situation, if it gets to that point that those same guys that act like that are going to all of a sudden say, you know what, no, nah, this year is different. Let's make sure we still stay focused, make sure we're still not going out. I, it's not realistic. And when you talk about just the sheer amount of players, not only the active players, because that's what I speak of mostly, the active players, sure. the practice squad guys, that's a whole other element because they don't even get the, the allure of playing in the game. They, they have to just strictly four days out the week practice, and after that, they have nothing to do on the weekends. Team travels, they're here. A lot of times when we're traveling and they're here, they like to have a little fun, which is fine because you work extremely hard for that. Mm-hmm. But those are all the things. And like you said, on a winning team, you might can get to those practice squad guys and let them know, like, hey, look, man, which we, we had a chance to do something special right now, okay? Y'all have to stay locked Keep in this whole time. Straight. We don't need y'all going out. We don't need y'all you know, interacting with certain individuals and certain establishments. We don't need that right now. It's a lot easier to do that on a winning team. When you're on that losing team, them practice squad guys aren't hearing that. Those coaches aren't going to be as diligent talking to the practice squad guys about that late in November, late December. So that's why I'm a little bit more concerned, especially when it comes to the NFL element of it. But the finish line is when the seasons have been completed. If the NBA bubble model works for the whole time they're down there, that's success. If the NHL hub cities work, that's a success. Not just starting it. If that's the case, MLB would have been viewed as a success when they started a couple days ago. <laughs> right. Well, we're looking at them now like, all right, now, did we make a mistake here? Yeah, you are guys about are to taking your victory down? lap pretty early there. Like, this is kind of bad right now. We still don't know what's going on with the Marlins. They talking about busing people 
uh, I think the 20 people that uh, have tested positive thus far in the organization, they're talking about busing them back down to Miami right now. So even with that situation, it's still very fluid. And now, like I said, we got to deal with the Cardinals having some players test positive as well. So it's a lot that goes on with that. And the only reason I'm more concerned with the NFL is because their model is exactly like the MLB's model. Correct. But you have to multiply that by 100 because of the amount of people and personnel that are associated with each individual football team compared to a baseball team. And you know what? Everything you just touched on there, right, about how it's easy to be diligent, it's easy to cross your T's and dot your I's early in the season when everybody's gung-ho to get back to football and everybody thinks they have a shot to make some noise that year. But when it gets into November and December and all of a sudden, realistically, you're not playing for much, things can change. Mozi, maybe that's what we saw with the Florida Marlins. And I know we've joked before, right? Like we need a we need like a, a sounder that we can play on this show when we like recklessly speculate, right? We need like Marlins. like like sorry, Miami Marlins. Oh, I was like, sorry. Oh, we're talking hockey. We, we were talking, man. Sorry, you're right. The artist formerly known as the Florida Marlins. I was like, who, who are these? Who are these Florida Marlins? We're talking Miami, about, man. Mozi is looking at me like yeah. I'm speaking Spanish. <laughs> the, the, the Miami Marlins. All right, Mozi. <laughs> The Miami Marlins, let's be honest here, are a team that was set up this year to tank. I mean, like, you think the Pirates roster isn't that intriguing. Go look at the Marlins roster. So maybe some of that already happened with them, where that team, and again, recklessly speculating here, right? Like, this is Sports Talk Radio. Mm -hmm. But maybe that the reason that the outbreak has happened with that team is because they were the ones who were least serious about it. Because they're not sitting there saying, oh, well, we got, a, we got a chance to win the World Series like you know, like a lot of teams are because they blew everything up because they already have a, a roster of guys that knows that they're there to, to lose and to secure top draft picks. I mean, in Reckless theory. Reckless speculation. Yeah, but I say in theory you could make that debate, but then I guess my rebuttal to that would be, well, what about the St. Louis Cardinals? That's fair. Are they in this series? They, they because they're opposite fancy themselves that. contenders. Yeah, so that's my only concern with that, but – when, when we talk about how just the states, Pennsylvania, how they've handled the COVID crisis, even though it's been times where, you know, us in here in Pittsburgh have had issues with the governor, have had issues with the mayor because of some of the restrictions. And we felt like they weren't warranted for this side of the state versus the Philadelphia. Florida as a whole has not handled it with the, the same level of intensity, the same level of uh, sincerity and things on that. Remember when it first started? They still have the beaches open and allowing spring breakers to come down there. We saw all the videos, and then we saw when they had the 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 new spike from that. Then it was like, all right, I guess we'll take it a little bit serious. But they've always been really aggressive in terms of opening things back up, opening beaches back right. up. So I think that plays into it a lot more mm-hmm. than just the organizational standpoint of the players saying, hey, look, we're here to tank. We're going to do what we want to do. I think that element of just – the mindset in Florida as a whole, yeah, they haven't had that. I mean, we talked about how here in Pittsburgh, I mean, it's been times where you're scared to go outside. You're like, dude, is it like, is it cool to go to the grocery store? Or is it not cool to go to the grocery store? Like, is this World War Z? Like, like, what's going on I here? I am legend. Whereas in Florida the whole time, remember in Florida the whole time, it's been way to if we're if we've been on a level eight nine in terms of like high alert, they've They're been like on a three, at, at a five at best. <laughs> <laughs> So that's my only that I think that plays into it a lot as well. And we know Miami, man. Miami, I mean, hey, you, you think you worried about Summertime the South Side? Miami. You think you worried about the South Side in Pittsburgh? Miami is like the South Side in Pittsburgh times a thousand. 
especially in July yeah. and August. And with, with a lot less clothes. A lot less clothing. <laughs> More alcohol, less yeah. clothing. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. Well, well, it, dep- it, it depends on it, perspective. I mean, I'm not saying that's not good. I'm yeah. saying as it relates to a pandemic. Yes. That's not that's good. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> so those are some of the – I think all of those things kind of have played into what's been going on in Miami. Now, with St. Louis, that could be just an unfortunate consequence of just being out and around – Right now, I mean, I'm sure if they test, and this is the thing too, we know as more tests happen, you're going to get more positives. That's just the nature of the testing element of it when you have something like this. Not saying that because you test positive, you're going to die, but just understanding the context and we of ex- it. We expected guys right. to test positive too. We didn't Absolutely. expect that Major League Baseball was going to make it through this whole thing and not have a single yeah. case the entire time. Yeah, it, it's going to happen, and it's not going to be the last time that people test positive. As long as they're living and being out and doing whatever they're doing, yeah, they're gonna you, you, you expose yourself to risk. So that's totally understandable. But I guess for me, man, I just, like I said, it's all about the mindset. Understanding that just starting is not enough. Let's get to the finish, finish line. Yes, got to get to the finish and let's, line. Then we'll all be like Usain Bolt when we get to the finish line. We'll be thumping yeah, our yeah, chest. Man. We'll be looking around like, look at us. Yeah, we did this. Yeah, It'll be great. Group project. Mm-hmm. All right, is that enough of the negative? Can we go, Can we tick, 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 tick. Oh, yeah, I'm done, top? man. We got a chance to talk about Buffalo, so I'm good. Ha! <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe uh, with the tie-in here, the transition, Arthur Motes, I do believe with the NFL 100. Uh-huh. Say it. Not what a single that? Buffalo Bill made the list? No, two Buffalo Bills made oh, the list, Oh, okay, so actually. did Tredavis and Josh, Tremaine? No, 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 Josh oh, Allen. 86. 87. 87. Josh Allen was at 87, I want to say. I know it was in the 80s. Yeah, yeah and then uh, Tredavious White made the list. I don't think Tremaine made it. Okay. I know no Bengal made it. Yeah, I was say, don't be disrespecting Buffalo like that, okay. man. Come there on, were, bro. There, you know there were like six or seven teams that didn't have a single guy uh, make know, it this year. I know, and that's why I was very proud well, of I'm my not, former team. They're, normally, they're the ones disrespecting Buffalo. You You're know? right. I'm the one who's right. got Edmonds up you, on my linebacker. You tried to, though. You tried to disrespect oh, would you stop them. It? You thought about it. Would you stop it? Do you, I got to play Do I gotta play Shout coming back from the break here now? Oh, don't do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to blur the lines like that now, baby. <laughs> Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, having some fun on a Friday. Get those tweets in. We'll wrap up our... It's kind of like a week-long NFL 100 conversation here. We'll put a bow on that on this Friday uh, as we continue with the first hour of the program here. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. This program is called Steelers Blitz. And as always, we're rocking and rolling on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, having some fun on a Friday, a little block party Friday, right? What up, so, though? So if you got that, you know, those those smooth West Coast vibes that you want to hear on a Friday, you know, any any song requests, get them in on Twitter. We'll get to all your tweets. You know it ain't obviously. nothing but a G thing, baby. <laughs> Arthur Motes. Arthur Motes wanted something from the West Coast on a Friday, so he got something from the West Coast Straight on like Friday. Straight like that, man. <laughs> NFL. Top 100, folks. We've been keeping track of it as it's gone along this past week plus or so. We now have the top 10. Arthur Boats, are you ready? I'm ready. Number 10. You called, you called this one. I did. Derrick Henry. Woo! King Henry, he comes in at number 10. Hey, I get it. I think we both agreed that maybe, you know, 11 to 20 range would have been better for him. I need to flip him and Julio, personally. Yeah, yeah. Julio um, is still a top 10 talent. I think, it's not I, even close. I think so, too. But, again, like I said, I don't I don't hate Derrick Henry being number 10 after the season that he had last year. How you feel with him being that much higher than uh, Zeke, though? What was Zeke against, Zeke? 17? 
Let me check. Nineteen. He was high. He was high teens, I believe. Yeah. He might have even been in. I was think he was he in the twenties. See, in the twenties. Yeah. He was in the twenties. You're That's right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I knew. It was, I knew it was like a ten spot difference. The NFL Network website makes it so hard. The NFL. Oh, website, they definitely do. Twenty four was Zeke. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like Derrick Henry balled out, but was he really that many spots better? Fourteen spots better? No. Zeke? But you know why he got that is because of the postseason run. But no, like, so this is the thing. Oh, wait, because they vote on this they before do the this, postseason, they? vote don't this they? November, December. Wow. Absolutely. So that, that whole argument, because that's why I said I could understand them having Lamar over Mahomes because Mahomes balls out in the playoffs. That changes everybody's perspective. They sense. puts him in a whole out-of-this-world. That makes sense. Yeah. But this is definitely done November, December. Derrick Henry was 99th last year, all the way into the top 10. He checks in. At number 10. Number 9. We were wrong here, Motsi. We thought he'd be in the top 5. Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, it's a little disrespect, man. I think because he plays for the Patriots, though, this has a lot to do with it. You think just in the sense of like, oh, that defense was really good. Well, and I know us as voters because it's the players that do the vote. You don't want to give credit to A lot of us have issues with the Patriots because we've been on the shorter end of the stick a lot of times with the Patriots. So even when you vote for a Patriot – it's like, God, you really got to be just balling out crazy for Except us Tom to Brady, ever. apparently, who's getting I mean? the Lifetime Achievement Award right. number 14. By the way, because mm-hmm. I, I was holding yes. out hope just to give them the opportunity. Yes. You know that they, they in this top 100, there's 13 uh-huh. quarterbacks? Talk about it. 13. Talk about you it. You know who did not make, who was not one no, of the 13? Get it off your chest. I know. Go ahead. I don't think you know where I'm going, though. Okay. Because it's I, not across the turnpike. No, no, no. Because I was going to say Matt Ryan didn't Matt make Ryan. the list. Uh, Stafford didn't make the list. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz didn't make the but list. How is Matt Ryan? How do you yeah. rank the top thirteen quarterbacks yeah, in the NFL? Problem. And you don't say Matt Ryan. That is a hey bro. And this thing, look at uh, Ryan's numbers and look at Carson Wentz's numbers, and you tell me they don't belong on this list. That's my issue. Like I don't have a problem with Kyler Murray making it. I don't have an issue with Josh Allen making it. I don't but either. for both of those guys to make it, you have to include Matt Ryan. You have Come to include on. Carson Wentz. And you have to include. I mean, even if you want to debate with Stafford because of the injury stuff like the that, stuff. Com- completely that's understandable. Probably just real quick. A lot of our Steelers fans are probably saying, "What about Ben?" This is w- all see, based off of last year. This is always my issue with but that. But they did that with JJ. They've Watt. done it with JJ Watt. Right. They've done it when Gronk has been hurt. And, and that's that. That's the whole part that I just can't agree it's with. It's very like, inconsistent. Yeah, I'm like, we've had players that have missed the whole season due to injury early on, and they still make the list. So that whole excuse of, well, oh, it's because of this. Like, no, uh-huh. Yeah. It's a lack of respect, man. It's crazy to me it that is. Matt Ryan. I, it's amazing. It's, it makes zero sense to me. So what you're telling me is that they think Matt Ryan's the 14th best quarterback in the NFL. At best. <laughs> at best. <laughs> the disrespect. Crazy. The disrespect. Yes, when I saw that, I was like, that is, it doesn't add up, bro. It makes no sense. Yeah. Like, it makes absolutely no sense. This makes sense. Number eight, checking in on the list, DeAndre Hopkins. Hold formerly. on, hold on, hold on. Where, where, where is he at? Number eight. Huh. As eight. in Cinco? So he was eight. Where was Julio at? Eleven. Have we got to Mike Thomas yet? Not yet. Oh, okay, just checking. Moats is going to get his shots in. He's, I was just checking. He's going to get his shots in. I was just checking. I know somebody after, was very, right very. Right after he was just saying the players are biased in their votes. All, all, all I know is this, man. So, somebody the other day was really adamant about Julio, Julio being rated higher than Michael Thomas. I was. And then. My players let me down. My fellow then, NFL players. I, I spent a decade wait a in this minute, league and wait they a let minute. me down. And then after that, you moved the goalpost to nine. You were saying that, okay, well, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be ahead of him because I got at least one or two of these guys are going to get right. So either way, you told me even if he's ahead of Julio, he's still going to be behind DeAndre Hopkins, so you still were going to be right. 
So that was, you had two opportunities to be right, correct? To agenda against West. So you had two opportunities to be right. Hashtag it on Twitter. Okay. Agenda against West. But, but you West. know, you know what? Maybe Michael Thomas didn't make the list. Keep going. No, he made the keep, list. Keep going. Maybe he didn't make the list. Keep going. Number eight, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh wait, real quick. How do you feel about Hopkins ahead of Julio? I don't like it at all. But you know, even when I told you my list, you said I thought you had. I had Michael Thomas had, third. I had Hopkins second. See, I had uh, Michael Thomas one, Julio second, Two. and then I had uh, DeAndre at third. Correct. Correct. So yeah, I guess I, I knew the answer to that question before I asked it. Good, good, good radio. But, bit but see, there, Wes. you you had the issue. I just can't believe you. It's just the the hatred that you have for the Saints. It really convolutes your mindset, bro. I will tell you this. I got a much bigger problem with Matt Ryan not being ranked one of the top 13 quarterbacks than I do with Michael Thomas being ranked the first wide receiver. Much greater, much greater beef with that. But you're still hating on him, though. I'm not a Michael Thomas fan. All right? Because he plays for the Saints. If he played for the Steelers, you would love him. That's a big part of it. If he played in Pittsburgh, you would love him. If he played in Philly, you would love him. If he played in Dallas, you would love him. It's because he plays for the Saints, you're just like... Oh, no, man. He, he I, catches too many slants. He catches though. too many five-year-olds. Like, what? I, do, I already have a soft spot in my heart for one Philly athlete who's soft on social media. I don't know if I could allow for a second. Wow. All right. No, he's soft. Michael Thomas. He's not soft. You know, every, he's every, KD. Dude, every dude with 17 followers who tweets at Michael so Thomas, what? he's got to clap back. Drake, Drake had a line that said, all shots get contested, and people love that. Now that Michael <laughs> Thomas and KD live by that code, now all of a sudden it's soft. Y'all won't call it Drake soft. KD has come full circle, and it's like no, funny man. now with KD. No. Right, Drake I, said, I like Drake, Joel Embiid, all right? I don't need another Charmin on social Drake media. Drake said, all shots get contested. Michael Thomas is keeping that same energy, man. I know that Moats Moats gets shots on Twitter, and he just hits the block button. He don't have to chop. He don't have to, he nah, don't have to tweet I, I, tweet I'm, chirp back listen, at every every at a little I'm, I'm minion too, and gets too, in his mentions. I'm too lazy to even block him now. I don't even respond. I just all right. You're lucky if I even see it. You know how I am on social media. I might catch it three days later. <laughs> just don't go to YouTube and leave bad comments on his videos nah, because that, then he different. will see you and point you out every once in a while. It's only on certain issues. Other than that, I yeah, I still got it, man. You know, I get they hit me up all the time. Hey, get in your comments, man. Check your comments. It's good for the good for the brand. Yeah, yeah I got you. Next week. <laughs> hey, rule number one: never read the comments. Yeah. Number seven on the list: George Kittle from the San Francisco record breaking Niners. Yeah, twenty nine last year. Checks in at seven this year. That's the highest ranking uh-huh. ever for a tight end, mind you. By the way, Arthur Motes. Whew, that's big time, man. Gronk only got the ninth. I got no problem with this either. I, I really don't. I think George Kittle belongs in the top 10. He's in the right age. I think he's got the respect of his peers. Not that this really matters, right, because this isn't a projection, but I think you and I can both agree, like, he could even get a little bit better. Best tight end in the NFL for my money, George Kittle checks in at number seven. Now, where was Kelsey out on his list? Kelsey was 17, 18, 19. He was in the late teens. Yeah. Yeah. 16. That, that big of a difference? Now, see, I agree with you on that. I don't think there's that big of a difference between the two. I agree they're not. But I will say this, too, and I'm, I'm only doing this for the radio element of it, just to pick with you in a little and dissect it, wait, this, is this list. Wait, is this, our, is this our Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith? Well, I do it every manu- once in a while. Manufactured argument listen, here. Listen, every once in a while, I, I like to just poke at you. But I understand, too, with this list, just to give you context on like how we vote on it as players. Because everybody votes on it, Yeah, right? everybody votes on it, yes. You have to, you don't have to. Well, it's, it's just you, your it's choice. It's not mandatory, but... Everybody wants to do it because it's cool to do. And then you get to, like, some of us, like, I was fortunate enough to do the interviews and talk about some of these guys in the broadcast on the uh, programming. Real quick, too. Do you go, do you list 1 through 100? Do you rank your top 20? No, no, so so typically typically we rank our top 20. Okay. You'll have, like, the ability to go 1 through 100, but a lot of us were like, 
bro, trying to think of a hundred. If I gave you a list right now, no phone, no computer, just trying to rank and the just best name, football name your players. best one hundred, yeah, you're gonna tough. struggle. That's so tough. traditionally, you're gonna forget somebody. Right. You're gonna, yeah. So tradition, what you do, you just drink your top twenty, and okay. then well, a lot of us did like multiple. It's like we'll do a top twenty true list, and then we're gonna do a top twenty of like our boys. So like I'm on the list at one. I had Shay at two, Ben at three, ABF like we're going Cam at five. You, you see what I mean? So like you got to deal with some of that as well. But the thing that uh that, that I was getting to that when we vote for our top twenty, you have to think positionless. You have to sure. think not because you know a lot of times we get up here on the on air and we want to overanalyze. Well, if I'm starting a franchise, quarterback, I want this guy. Or if if it's one game I gotta win, I want this guy. Like we're we're saying, hey, trim all the fat. We're just simply saying, who's, who's a better player? Is George Kittle a better player than Tom Brady last year? Yes. And that's how we go off of it. So that's why you see a guy like Aaron Donald has consistently been in the top five because we're not voting on if you're starting a franchise. Are you taking Aaron Donald over uh, uh Patrick o- over Patrick Mahomes? No, that's not what you're asking. We're saying right now, who was the better player in last year? Who? Who was more dominant? Who was just, you turn the TV on, that's must-see TV. So, for me, that was always my thought process. Like, yo. It's a, it, I think that's the right thought process. If this guy's yeah. must-see TV, I don't care what position he plays, I'm turning him on. Yeah, he's on my list. And I would go down from there. Okay, well, this dude was flat-out dominant, even if I hated on him. Because you got some guys you hate on, without a doubt. Sure. It's human nature. Sure. It's human nature, but you got to admit it. If you don't admit it, you're a hater-hater. You got to admit it. Like, I know you had Lane Johnson in your top 20. I mean, what? Why are we doing this? <laughs> I don't know. Why you want to play these so games? So, George Kittle better than Travis Kelsey in your mind? Last year, yes. Yeah. Which I would agree. Now, it's funny because you're right. Say this, this isn't the, the logic. Just if I only had one game to win on Sunday, I think I might want Travis Kelsey. I would, yes. But, but it also George depends Kittle on my offense, too, year. though. Right. If I'm if I'm slinging right. the rock, yeah, give me Kelsey. If Especially I'm, if if I'm Baltimore, if I'm San Fran, give me Kittle. The Buffalo Bills. Kittle could, could you block? imagine right. Kittle on the Bills? You see what I mean? Like, yeah. it, 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 so, or on the Seahawks. So that's why I say it's a lot that goes into it. No different than when people debate Lamar versus Mahomes. I'm like, Lamar, I feel like, hey, he can go from Baltimore's offense to Kansas City offense and he'll get better. If Mahomes leaves Kansas City offense and goes to Baltimore's offense, he's still going to be great, but he's going to take a hit. It's going to drop down because the weapons aren't the same, that style of offense. Whereas Lamar, he has that flexibility that he can go to an offense with more weapons and throw the ball like that. Like, that's the type of stuff that I think of when we're always kind of debate, well, which one would you take? Would it be this situation? Would it be that situation? It's like, no, 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 man. Let's keep it simple. Keep it simple, baby. Yeah. And keeping it simple, is it maybe the same question for the guy who checks in number six, Christian McCaffrey, Mm. where when you and I did our – uh, running back rankings earlier in the week, right? I think that was Monday, maybe. Yeah. We had him both third, I believe, right? Behind. Oh, you know, I got the list rolled down. Because uh, I know we both I, had, I, I had Saquon, him at second. Or did we both have him second? We had and him then at we had second. Zeke, Zeke was at third. third. Okay. Mm-hmm. Saquon so, was at one, McCaffrey at two, and then Zeke was third. So I guess maybe still similar conversation that Christian McCaffrey checks in at the highest spot on this list. I think we would both agree he had a better year than Saquon last year, certainly. Yes. Even if we would rather have Saquon if Correct. we're building a team. Yeah, Correct. I think he's fair at six here, too. What he did for that team in the absence of Cam Newton. Well, I mean, not just Cam Newton. Their offensive line was beat. Yeah. I remember Darrell Williams had dealt with injuries. He's been there starting right tackle. Actually, he started at right tackle and left tackle mm-hmm. for them for a while mm-hmm. now. But, yeah, he was down. Obviously, on offense, they were missing a ton of weapons. He was their only bright spot. And that's extremely hard to do. We saw what L. Bell was trying to do in uh, in New York in a similar situation. But we said the difference between L. Bell and McCaffrey both of them have the elusiveness, but McCaffrey has the top end speed that once he makes one or two guys miss, he could take that three-yard gain into a 20-yard gain, whereas L. Bell just doesn't have that type of gear to get there. And that's why his numbers weren't as gaudy as a Christian McCaffrey. 
So McCaffrey checks in at number six. So there's your 10 through six, right? The uh, the penultimate to the top five. Ooh, the penultimate look, five. Look at you dropping that penultimate. Derrick Henry at 10. Stephon Gilmore at nine. DeAndre Hopkins at eight. Number seven, George Kittle. Number six, run CMC, Christian McCaffrey. Who checks in at number five? Oh, Arthur Motes will be grinning about this one. I hope you're right. But you'll have to find out who it is on the other side. We're going to take a break here. We'll wrap up the first hour of the show with the top five of the NFL 100. Our likes, our dislikes, our gripes, it's all on the table when we return. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. So on the Twitter.com, David requested uh, Back to the Hotel by In Too Deep, and Motes and I were vibing to it on YouTube, but then Mm -hmm. when it it came time to come back into the segment, it's not in our system. Uh, So David, don't worry, I'll get it for you in uh, an hour number two. All right, unreal. You got to give me uh, like two or three minutes here to chop it into the system. Don't worry, I've already I've already sent an angry email to the uh, the suits at iHeart. I mean, how can this song not be in our system? Exactly. What are we doing here? Unacceptable. Uh, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, rocking and rolling. Keep those tweets coming in. You know, we'll get to them in hour number two. Top five now of the NFL 100. Checking in at number five, Arthur Motes' boy. All right, here comes the victory parade. Here comes the I told you so. Who who is it? I didn't. I made sure I didn't scroll down. I like a little suspense here. It's Michael Thomas. Who? Wide receiver. Huh? New Orleans Saints. You said who that? That what I you said? Did not say that. Oh, I thought you said who that. But you would. Interesting. Hundred and forty nine catches. Yeah, I mean, because when you're just you know you're catching twelve seven yard slants every mm-hmm. single game, that's a lot of catches. They. I have. mean, you know, hold on, hold on. I'm glad you said that. Twelve <laughs> times seven. You know, that'll only be eighty four yards per game. Something that adding up here. <laughs> so, so you help me educate me, please. Something that adding up. Well, okay, eighty-four uh, yeah, yards uh, per yeah, game. Yeah. Uh-huh. He averages one hundred and seven yards per game. Uh huh. So you know, like two of those, he takes, he breaks some tackles and runs. Oh, nice. oh I was oh, just yeah. checking. Okay, I was just checking. <laughs> he, he, also, the two of a league in, lead. No, he he sauces in a couple 13, 14 yard receptions. Let me see what is it. Thomas receptions record is that he likewise led the league. Or led the NFL with 1,725 yards receiving. Whew. The craziest stat is that he had Jeez. more catches than all the wide receivers of the Raiders, all the yeah. wide receivers of the Ravens, of the Eagles, and the Vikings. And three of those teams well, made the playoffs. And I was going to say, you think about how we talked about the Ravens' offense. <laughs> like, that's a team that put up, what, 60 in a game? That's crazy. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are like, yeah, well, they do it on the ground. Lamar Jackson no, still threw no. 31 Absolutely. touchdown passes yes. last year. That, that's a big misconception. That's a lot of touchdown passes. That's more than Ben's thrown in a single yeah. season. Yeah, P- People are quick to say that, though, to discredit him. Number four on the list, the golden boy, the mm. half-a-billion-dollar mm. man. Baseball the, owner. The Put sir, some respect on his team, man. baseball owner, that's right. Although, you know, I think I did see some false reporting now that you wait mentioned a minute, that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There's been the report going around that uh, Patrick Mahomes is the youngest guy to ever own a sports franchise. That's not true, right? I thought uh, it'd be A. Rod. No, no, it wouldn't be A. Rod. Who? No, you know who? Serena Williams' daughter. Oh, she's only three years old and she owns an MLS team. Wait a minute, come on. Bro. I'm just saying it counts. Te- but 
No, no, no. Wait a minute. How can she legally own it at three? It has to be under somebody else's name, right? She's part of the ownership group. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. I was going to say, that didn't add up, right? It's like uh, Serena but, Williams, Mia Hamm. Yeah, but he's not a part of a group. From a home standpoint, oh, he no, just bought it he's to bought it himself. himself. Okay. Yeah, that's I'm, the I difference. I thought that he was part yeah. of a group. Okay. With, well, then good on, then good yeah, on him. Because the, uh, it was, oh, man, Travis Kelsey is a part of the group that's trying to buy the Marlins, I want to say. Okay. Yeah, and it's like him, I think Jason Witten, uh, Curry might be in it. Steph Curry might be in it. It's okay. like, it's probably like 10 nice. guys, but they're a part of an actual group that's trying to buy okay. a team. Mahomes, from my understanding, like did how, it by himself. Like, that's how Magic was with the Dodgers, yes, right? Like, yes. part of a, a group. If you're of part people. of a group, yeah, which okay. is cool, but that kind of was like, yeah, there's no way to. I mean, just from a legality standpoint. Right. Yeah. Like, she, or you would have to have somebody that's doing all the, the active decision-making on her behalf. Right, yeah. right. That's crazy, though. Mahomes checks in at number four, same spot that man, he was last year. Dang, Serena, you doing it like that? Hey. Jeez, that's dope. I want to own an MLS team at age three. I want my mama to get, get me a team. <laughs> my mama just got me a PlayStation. Why didn't my... Why didn't my <laughs> I should tell my mom, there's a soccer club that I really like in England, Arthur Motes, all right? They're like one of the small town, you know, like working class teams. They're called Sunderland. They're the ones who have the Netflix show. Uh, Their majority stake is for sale right now for $20 million. That's it? That's it. Uh, so, uh, mom, if you're we, listening, we if, you're listening if you're listening right now, mom, Let's and you really, and you really love me, uh, I'll take the majority stake of uh, Sunderland Football Club. Let's Thank you very it. much. Number three on the list, Aaron Donald, Motsi. He drops down two spots from last year at number one overall. But I think this is like... Aaron Donald dropping a number three. You know what this reminds me of? What's up? It's like the same reason that like Reggie Bush and Tim Tebow only won the Heisman once. Mm. Because like when you have the seasons that those guys had, everyone's like, oh, well, if your numbers aren't better the next year, well, you must not have had a good of a year. Yeah. So just, just because Aaron Donald didn't have the insane, you know, like 20 sacks that he did a year Correct. ago, I, 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 I get it. But yeah, I mean, you're hard pressed uh, to find. To tell me that there's two football players better in the world than Aaron Donald, and I'm saying this but as, a WV, the, as a WVU guy. But do you see the two that are listed ahead of? Him? I do, and they're both quarterbacks, and I got no beef with the year that they had. I just, in the sense of what you and I were talking about, right? In the who's a better football player? Yeah. I don't think I'd have Aaron Donald any lower than two. But okay, he's at number three. I'm really splitting hairs here. Do you think Russell Wilson is a better football player than Aaron Donald, though? He's the only person I would argue. Fair enough. At least of last year. Okay. So I'm, I don't hate Russell Wilson being the one that's ahead of him. But you don't, you don't think Lamar Jackson was better than him last year? Because, see, I do. A uh, better football player? I don't last know. Year? Did he have a better season? Absolutely. But yeah. it's like we talked about, right? Just because they yeah. play a certain position, do I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'm I'd, have, to think, about I'd just, have to think about that one. Because for me, I just think about just last year alone. Lamar checked every box he from did. excitement, he from did. over exceeding his expectations, from raising his expectations during the season to just doing flat out game like stuff. I mean, you saw the play versus Cincinnati where he spins on the one dude, shakes another guy, and then takes off. Like, that was, you don't do that in the NFL. It was crazy. And so, it was week in and week out. Again, I, I'm, I completely echo everything you just said. And if I was doing my NFL 100, I don't think. And I, I'm not saying that like, I yeah. certainly wouldn't have him any lower than than fourth. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I I I just I keep thinking about what you said. Football. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know because you're right. Lamar checks every box. He did it in the air. He did it on the ground. 
Uh, but I think he also, and I'm sure you would agree with this, much more talent around him than Aaron Donald and Russell Wilson oh, yeah, yeah. Have, have, have around them. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I can't really have a beef with that. So Lamar Jackson checks in at number one, the league MVP, obviously. Russell Wilson, number two. So there's your top five. Uh, three, Aaron Donald. Four, Patrick Mahomes. Five, Michael Thomas. Say that again. Who was at fifth? <sighs> this guy. This guy. I mean... Jeez, Louise, folks. I mean, you wonder why. Part of the, I think part of the reason why I hate mm. the Saints so much is because mm. Moats just eggs me on here. Well, I just because I always make sure I don't want to jump to conclusions. I just want to make sure I remember correctly that you did state that it should have been Julio mm-hmm. and DeAndre Hopkins over them. Okay, just just make sure. In we're my personal page. record book. No, 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 no. I mean, the players got it wrong. I got you, bro. They did. Yeah. Right, because mm-hmm. if there's anything that's proven, mm-hmm. it's that the people like me, mm-hmm. you know, and the people like Bill Polian, we're the yeah. ones, we're the ones who really know what's up. Absolutely, <laughs> I like it. I can respect that. Trust me. Uh, yeah, I, it's hard for me to argue. I mean, the top five is, you know, again, you can move and shake some of those guys around, but I, that that is probably the least controversial part of the entire list. Yeah, fair. I agree with that. Any snubs? for you Arthur Motes so uh, the NFL did release this did you see that they included the first uh, let's see here one two three four guys out they listed who were the first four guys out Mm, I did not see that yeah so checking in at number 101 you know also receiving votes in the AP yeah there we go there we go Julian Edelman 102 would have been Denver's Justin Simmons 103 would have been the Ravens Matthew Judon and 104 would have been the Las Vegas Raiders Rodney Hudson. You know that makes this list that much worse, right? The what? fact that they did a plus four, plus five, and Matt Ryan still Matt- wasn't. <laughs> what? I didn't even think about that. What? Yeah, I'm doing this. I'm league. listening to you. So I'm like, I don't hear Matt Ryan. Right. I don't hear Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz. <laughs> Throw the whole list away. How? How, Sway? You going to tell me Matt Judon last year was more impactful, was a better player than Matt Rodney Ryan? Hudson? Rodney Hudson. What? What? It don't make any sense. <laughs> I was waiting like, okay, is he going to say these guys' names? You trying, trying to pull my chain here? Like, what's going on, nope. man? So we know that the NFL 100 actually went 104 deep, and Matt Ryan's still wow. nowhere to be found. Unreal. The disrespect. I mean, I never thought I'd, you know, I'd be ticked off on the behalf of an Atlanta Falcon, but I'm a little wow. ticked off. I'm a little ticked off. I just, yeah. <laughs> that It makes zero sense. <sighs> Seriously, it does. I don't How get do it. you go pl- 105 deep? <laughs> so where is Matt Ryan on your list? 120? <laughs> 130? 150? Like how how far are we going? If you name a Rodney Hudson and Matt Judon and Justin Simmons, and ju- Justin Sim- oh what? Justin Simmons didn't even play the whole season. Meanwhile, Matt Ryan's just been like carrying a franchise on his back for Matt a decade Ryan still with Julio had, Jones. It, he had what forty four hundred pass yards. <laughs> Twenty. Uh, I'm pull it up. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah, know, pull it up real quick. I, I'm we get not a break. into giving out fake news. That's not what I do. <laughs> Give me one second. Oh man. Just, hashtag justice for Matt Ryan. All right, we're starting the campaign just today. Me the wrong way. Justice for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, forty four hundred passing yards, four thousand four hundred and sixty six to be exact. Twenty six touchdowns, fourteen picks, and that was a down year because the fourteen picks. You gonna tell me he's not top one hundred and five? That what? How? Just the year before that, he had forty nine hundred passing yards, thirty five touchdowns, seven picks. <laughs> so are we going on? I mean, either way, recency bias. Last year, however you want to slice it, there is no way he doesn't belong up here. No, no way. 
Hashtag justice for Matt Ryan. We're starting the campaign here. I don't think they have an Atlanta Falcons Nation radio, or, or so we'll top, do it for them. On top of him being sacked a league high 48 times. Oh. 48 times. Those are like some young Ben Roethlisberger numbers. Oh, and the year before that, 42 times. This man has been sacked 90, 90 times in two years. Oh, my ribs are just 90 about times. It. What are we talking about? Not QB hits, not precious. He's been sacked, sacked 90 times. He doesn't make the list. I'm throwing for 4,400 yards this year, 4,900 last year, 35 touchdowns last year, 26 touchdowns this year. Houseway. What are we talking about? Houseway. Throw the list away, man. <laughs> Throw the list away. That's the last we're going to discuss it. It's gone. All right. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. Get those tweets in at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. We'll answer them in hour number two. When we come back here, I have got a quarterback question for Arthur Motes. I think you'll like it. I think he'll like it. What is it? Well, we'll tell you exactly five minutes from now. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Pittsburgh. What's going on, Steelers Nation? How we doing? Man, we feel like the weekend. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, 60 minutes down, hour number two. Getting started here inside the Electric Factory Steelers Blitz. This is D-Hev with the request here. Keep those tweets rolling in. You know, we'll get to them as we roll along. Some about, you know, just something about feel-good music on a Friday during the summertime, Arthur I mean, Motes. you need it, man. Puts a pep into your step like nothing else can. I love it. I love it. Arthur Motes, I got a question for you. A very simple question, but I think a very poignant question. All right, let me hit it. All right? Let's do this. So we talk about Lamar Jackson in the scope of this conversation, right? We talk about, okay, we're not necessarily talking about, you know, when you talk about best football players, a lot of times quarterbacks get shoved to the forefront, right? 13 quarterbacks in the NFL top 100, even though Matt Ryan isn't one of them. We digress. After being sacked 90 times in two years. We digress. Um, just simple question for you. Right now, okay? If this is a, a Madden-style NFL redraft, right? Mm-hmm. If every player in the NFL gets put into a pool, and teams get picked randomly in order 1 through 32, right? Okay. And they get to draft. Will Lamar Jackson be a top five pick right now? Yeah. Absolutely. You talk about the importance of the quarterback position, regardless of how you want to slice it. I mean, four of the top five yeah. picks might be quarterbacks. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like, when I think of who will probably be a top five pick as it stands today. Mahomes for sure. Mahomes. I look at Mahomes, Lamar, Donald. Russell Wilson. I still think Russell Wilson for sure. He's only 31. Yeah. And, I mean, a team might take a chance to say, you know what, let's go with a McCaffrey or a Saquon or a Michael Thomas or a uh, DeAndre Hopkins maybe. But I could still see somebody reaching for a, another quarterback just because. Yeah. I, f- I feel like there would definitely be some pass rushers that would yeah. go in the top 10. Like TJ might go in the top 10. Yeah. Miles Garrett might go in the top 10. Nick Bosa, I think, would definitely go in the top 10. Yeah. The only thing that gives me pause is I don't know – and maybe you could speak on this better. 
I do know, obviously, that Baltimore's offense is tailored to Lamar Jackson. Yes. I just don't know to what extent. Like, how much is that real, yeah. and would that scare off any other teams but in see, the NFL? This is the the issue, though. I don't. I mean, because I'm gonna give you two examples, or not two examples, but two situations here. Um, but in terms of teams being scared off because Lamar's offense is tailored to him, you have to think if it's tailored to him running a spread option. Essentially, that's what they're running, right? And he's still been able to have success, but we know his receivers. We, I mean, let's be real. Marquise Brown, and I'd like to compare Chiefs to Ravens. Marquise Brown is the Ravens' number one wide receiver. It's debatable if he would even be the third or fourth best. It's true. On uh, fourth best wide receiver on the Chiefs. When you talk about Tyreek Hill, you talk about Sammy Watkins, you talk about uh, um, Hardman as well. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to put Kelsey in the conversation. If you put Kelsey, then yeah, he's, he's down even further. Yeah. So just from a context standpoint, that's why I say I'm. I would feel less concerned with Lamar going somewhere else to play because he's still going to have the running ability. You're still going to be able to. I mean, even in a West Coast offense, he could do some of the things that he's doing right now. It's under center, and all he would do is just move back to the gun. But it's very similar concepts between what they're what they're doing in Baltimore with that spread option sure. type of look, and what they're doing with Jimmy G from a under center standpoint. Mm-hmm. All they're doing is using the four running backs, but everything is crossing routes. Everything is making you hesitate just for a second so they can get a step on you and let their athletes be better. I'm not worried about Lamar being able to play in that uh, in that st- uh, scheme at all. That's true. But could you see a Mahomes trying to play in the Ravens scheme, where it's set up for the spread option style, where you gotta you're not gonna have this plethora of talents. You don't have a Tyree Kill you could just bomb down the field to. You don't have a, ty- a, a, a Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Travis Kelsey a top five tight end, debatable top two. Mark I don't Andrews think top two for sure. Right, Mark Andrews, you can debate if he's top five. He's probably in that five to seven, five mm-hmm. to seven, eight range. Mm-hmm. It's a different caliber. So that's my only thing where I'm saying, like, hmm. I don't. I look at Lamar Jackson the same way I would look at a Russell Wilson. We know what Russell can do with no weapons around him with a terrible offensive line. You put him in, a, in any team where they have more weapons, come on, it's not even close. Like, he's going to be able to ball out. I'm less worried about guys that have been able to rise to the top with less hmm. than I am about guys who've been at the top because they've been surrounded by talent. Like Dak Prescott, you can make the argument for him as well because he's one. been surrounded by a ton of talent. Right. We don't know what that looks like when it's by itself. Kirk Cousins, he's shown that all right, he's pretty much the same where he's located at in terms of what he did with Washington and now what he's doing in Minnesota. Sure. He has quietly had a, a good two years the he last has. two years. He has. Yeah. But I think like certain players, like you say, okay, he did it here and he did it here. Right. With Mahomes, we probably would never see that, or it's probably going to take four or five years until some of that talent leaves and has to recalibrate. Maybe it's a Tom Brady type situation where the last year or two of his career he moves on somewhere else. So that's my only thing. With Brady, we've seen him do it with talent, and we've seen him do it with some some offensive talent lacking. Mm -hmm. So that's my that that's my thing with that. Like I'm not concerned about a guy like Lamar being able to fit in anywhere else, but. To go back to this whole starting the draft thing over, the reason why it's never realistic when we do this and why I always laugh at people when they come up with this, let's do the draft thing. Think about how the draft works every year. You already have your roster. Right. So you're you're just you're drafting for a need, for holes. If you're talking about starting a draft over from day one with every player, you have no roster. You don't have no right tackle. You don't have a left tackle. You don't have a pass rusher. You might not have a scheme. You You might be willing to kind of just build upon what talent you end up with. So from there, that whole concept changes to personal preference. You might, hey, I want to get this quarterback right now. Or you might say, look, give me 
uh, a Miles Garrett. Let me get this receiver. Let me get that tackle. Let me get this, this, and this, and I'll play and have a, a Matthew Stafford at quarterback. I don't need a Patrick Mahomes. I don't need a Russell Wilson. Right. So that's why I always say, like, when we talk about that whole Priorities. doing a redraft, it's like, how do you go about doing that? Because you don't have. And that's, you're right. Yeah. And obviously in that question, which is a loaded question. Because you know, that's it's what a we always. loaded radio yeah. question. It would a lot of it would depend on who the top five teams picking are too. Yeah, if it was, but, um, but would it really matter if they don't have anybody on their roster? Because it's not like you're going to say the Dolphins are a bad team when the right, Dolphins and the right. Cowboys both have zero people on the right. roster. I think it's more. You're right. No, I agree with you on that. It wouldn't. You wouldn't. But it's. I think it's more so. So like, let's talk about a certain coach, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Would Pete Carroll want to scheme up an offense for Lamar Jackson? Okay. Would your boy McDermott want to scheme up an offense right. for that? That's just my question in all this. Uh-huh. If it was some coaches like that that yeah. ended up picking in the top five. And I think they could. Oh, but I'm not it, doubting it, yeah. that they could. Well, the they're you this, know, they're well, NFL I, I, head coaches. I always coaches. laugh at this, too. Anytime you talk to coaches and they talk about, like, hey, man, how you would be so successful, what was the deal? It was the players. Yeah. They're, they – Coaches historically say the players are the reason why I'm a good coach. And their staff. Oh, yeah. you know, my offensive you know coordinator, I mean? my defensive coordinator. Yeah. Because as a coach, you have to be able to be flexible. You have to be able to say, you know what? These players match this personnel. I remember my first year here in Pittsburgh, we had LeBeau, and what we were trying to accomplish with him. And at the time, the personnel wasn't really matching what they were trying to, what he was trying to accomplish. Right. Then you look two, three years down the line, when we started to shift everything, you saw how guys started to come in their own. Guys became a lot more productive. And as a whole, the defense became drastically better. Yeah. So that's just a part of it. You're right. going to make adjustments <laughs> to the players that you have. We see it, I mean, time and time again. You talk about Harbaugh. Harbaugh wasn't running out with Flacco. Right. He changed everything on the fly. On the fly. Like, that's a prime example of a guy who had Flacco there for almost, what, a decade? And then was like, you know what? All right, hey, throw that out. Hey, turn, turn that whole playbook away. <laughs> we got a new one in here now. So I think, man, all like especially the good coaches, the great coaches, you adapt. I mean, Andy Reid, not as dramatic as a Harbaugh, but he changed the oh, offense from absolutely. Alex Smith to Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely he did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you think about what he did in Philly, too. I mean, when he went from McNabb and how his style of, and then when Vic came Vic. in there, how, how that mm-hmm. whole thing changed. Like, and then Kevin Cobb you, you for a little like, while yeah. there. <laughs> you, you adapt, you have to. But that's the only thing that, man, I just feel when we're talking about the whole redrafting standpoint, because you don't have. It's so much unknown. Yeah, because if that's the case, every team will take a quarterback in the first round, especially when we're talking 32 NFL quarterbacks. You're like, yeah. I'm going to take one of these quarterbacks because I know I need that. Then after that, all right, now let me build. So, pass rusher so literally, tackle. So or... literally your first round is going to be all quarterbacks. Second <laughs> round is going to be a mix of pass rushes and left tackles. Yep. Third round going to be a mix of, of receivers guys. and corners. Like You know what I mean? That's how it's going to be. <laughs> no, it is, it's a loaded question. That's yeah. why I love it, Mozi. You know I love those loaded questions. Come on. I know. Sometimes I, know. You, sometimes I gotta, you know, I, know. I just gotta, I gotta people, s- people, squeeze it out of you. People give me that all the time. Man, all right, if, you, if you're doing a draft starting today, who are you taking? I'm like, do I have a team already? Like, if if I'm the Dolphins and already have that team, but all these other players are available, okay, sure. Let me get this guy. Because hmm. I know what the roster looks like right now. I'm going to need this, I'm going to need that, and I'm going to need that. Right. We'll make the rest work. But if we're starting from absolutely zero, because that's the thing. Oh, we start a franchise from today. Who's the guy you picking? Uh, it's personal preference here. It is. Yeah. Because I, I know I think, me. I think, too, age, you're, you're kind of how you look at the age element, too. Like, yeah. would your first-round pick, would you say, all right, this has got to be a dude who's 
you know, 25 or younger, right. so we can, or, or well, you take it an Aaron Donald who's 29, right. but he's one of the look, best two or get, three football get, players in the world. Get, give me four great years and I'll figure the rest out later. Right. Well, as long as I win a championship in the first four years, I, I've succeeded. Would I'm you good. take a Russell Wilson at age 31, or would you maybe, you know, go with a guy who there's some more question marks right. around? Right. A, a who, guy who's younger, but uh, like you said, Carson Wentz or a Dak Prescott, right? Or like, even a Tua. Yeah. Like, hey, he could, grow, he could grow into this. Right. But we don't know. It's some uncertainty. He's eleven years younger right. than Russell Wilson, so you're gonna have a lot longer with him, right? For better but or he worse, might not ever become Russell <laughs> right. Wilson. Yeah, those would be. Absolutely, I would man. love like if this all happened one day, and it was like all the players got thrown oh, into a man, pole. Man, that would be awesome. We picked lottery just yeah. to see how teams would prioritize. Yeah, all, all it of would that be awesome. Man. Would, would be the age, the position. Because I feel like would it, be very if, interesting. The way I look at it is like this: if it's a whole redraft, right? If I'm outside of the top ten, because I expect 100 percent the top ten to be quarterbacks because we know how important they are. But if I'm outside of that and I feel like a guy like Aaron Donald is available, Miles Garrett, I'm going to take, Watt. I will take Aaron Donald over me drafting a Kirk Cousins at oh, that spot. I would take Ronnie Stanley you Jr. See what I, mean? I would take Ronnie yeah. Stanley Jr. over Matthew Stafford. So like, I think that yeah. plays into it because, okay, I can build my roster and still get a quarterback. I mean, it's no different. You, you look at fantasy football drafts, for example, you have still really good quarterbacks that are available later on. You could, I mean, you build a roster the right way. You could get away with having a quarterback that might be viewed as a Dak Prescott or, or even not even a Dak because that might be too hot. A Ryan, a Ryan Tannehill, for example. Yeah. Like, hey, we got all this around here. Can this guy get the job done for what we're trying to accomplish? Well, yeah, if I got this stud DN, this stud receiver, this stud running back already, absolutely. I can get it done mm -hmm. with him. It's a lot easier to play with that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 all priority conversation, and we know obviously it's all hypothetical because it won't happen. But I, w I wouldn't mind seeing it happen, especially you know after Ben retires, the Steelers maybe need to do a little rebuilding. Eh, good timing. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, we got our list of the day coming up next. Can't wait. Arthur Motes, top ten corners in the National Football League. That's our topic du jour. There we go. When we return, keep those tweets rolling in. You know, we'll get to those in about 30 minutes or so when we wrap up the show. Euler and Motes on a Friday. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Hit it now. is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. List of the day time here on the Steelers Blitz. Yins already know the drill going through each position group in the National Football League, talking about the NFL's top 10 and then giving our own top 10. Remember, Jeremy Fowler, yes, he wrote this article, but they're not his opinions. He's still, right? he still going to get it. <laughs> I don't care. He polled 50 different NFL coaches, executives, and scouts, asked them for the top 10 at each position. Arthur Motes, before we give ours, here is how the voting shook out. Number one on the list, Stephon Gilmore of the Patriots. His highest ranking was one. His lowest rating was three. Number two, Jalen Ramsey. He also checked in at number one on some ballots, but also as low as number seven. Number three, Tredavis White. He got a first place vote, at least one. His lowest ranking was eight. 
Number four on the list, Darius Slay, formerly of the Lions, now in Philadelphia. His highest ranking was two, his lowest ranking 12. He checks in at number four. Number five, Marshawn Lattimore. His highest ranking was one, lowest ranking 11. I tell you what, Motsi, there's a big gap between mm-hmm. these most of these guys like we haven't seen really maybe other than tight end. Number six is where Marlon Humphrey checks in. His highest rating was three, lowest rating was 10. Number seven, Patrick Peterson. He got some first place votes as well, also is low as number 11. Number eight, the other rat bird corner, Marcus Peters. He got a third place vote. That was his highest. Lowest was 11. Number nine, Xavier Howard of the Miami Dolphins. As high as four, as low as off the ballot. And number 10, uh, also now of the Miami Dolphins, formerly of the Cowboys, Byron Jones. His highest ranking was a five. He was also left off the ballot by some. And then your honorable mentions, Richard Sherman, Jair Alexander, Denzel Ward, Casey Hayward, Joe Hayden, Kyle Fuller, J.C. Jackson, and checking in at number 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, Steven Nelson of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Hayden checks in at 15. Nelson checks in at 18, according to 50 random executives, coaches, and mm-hmm. scouts. Arthur Motes, you ready? I think I am. I'm a little nervous. You though. going first on Friday, or am I? Am I leading us off? Come on, man, don't play. I know there can only be one. There can only be one. Say, hey, Willie Mays, right? Absolutely, I am the man. leadoff guy. I got to get on base first so that Motsy can come up and knock it out of the park, you right? I always back clean up. Come on, baby. Number one, Stephon Gilmore. I mean, listen, Arthur Motes, you and I, we've given this stat before. It's all that I need. The dude scored more pick six touchdowns than he gave up touchdowns last year in the NFL. Number one. Crazy. Yeah, I don't need to say anything more than that. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I need. Number one, Stephon Gilmore. And oh, yeah, by the way, he was NFL defensive player. Depot. The friggin' year. Uh, Number two on my list. I tell you what, I can I keep this up. I might be I might people might be saying I'm wearing blue and red glasses. Wait a minute now. I might be the Buffalo Don't guy. Don't tell not me you Mozi. did what you did. Tre Davis White, Ooh! number two on my list, and I think, chicken wings on me, baby. <laughs> yeah. Chicken wings on me. I, I'd say he had the second best season of any corner in the NFL last year too. After Gilmore, uh, part of that upstart Bills defense. Obviously, uh, we know that they got studs at every level. He's only 25 years old. He could still get better. Tredavis White, number two. Now, this guy, I know it was a mixed bag of, of results for him, uh, but I just pure talent alone, I don't know if I can have him any lower than this. Number three, Arthur Motes, I'm going Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I think it's very telling that some of these executives, coaches, scouts had him as low as seven on their ballots yeah. because in the past two years, Ramsey would have never been lower than two or three. Very true. Um, but like I said, I just... I can't have him any lower than three just in terms of his pure talent. So I go Gilmore one, Tredavis White two, Jalen Ramsey three, Arthur Motes, what say you? No, but the thing is you hit on it with uh, Jalen. He's very similar to what you were talking about with kind of like Aaron Donald and them, right? Because he's been so just out of this world, locked down. Now he has a decent year, not a great year, and that's why he takes the hit that he took. It's true. But for me, man, I, I agree with you 100%. I had Gilly the Kid at number one, Tredavious at number two. You already, you already know that was going to be the case, man. Ooh. And then I went with uh, Ramsey at three. It's hard Ooh. to – I think those three really separated themselves yes. from the pack this past year. What Gilmore was able to do in terms of 
knowing he's matching up with your number one receiver, following him around too, that's the big component. Because outside of Jalen Ramsey and Patrick Peterson, a lot of these guys on this list did not travel. They don't follow you around. Gilmore, he was on an island. He's following you everywhere. They treated him the same way they used Darrell Revis the year when he was up there. So for me, that always stands out in a big way. With Tredavious, you have to remember, man, Tredavious, he had a running mate on the other side. Now, granted, he wasn't as good as you know the the combo that we have here with Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson but he still wasn't traveling every single where but I mean he did match up with some some elite talent you saw when he matched up with DeAndre Hopkins I mean that was a great battle in the playoffs going back and forth yeah so for me man like you said he's young and yeah he's just getting started dude he's just getting started so that's why I have him at two and then Jalen Ramsey without a doubt I already said why I feel like you know People aren't respecting him from a voting standpoint all the way, and I think it's solely because of the expectations surrounding him. Yeah. You expect him to be just, hey, right out that side of the board. Wherever he's at, that player doesn't matter anymore. But, you know, even when him having a down year or his standards, it's like an Aaron Donald down year. Correct. It's different. Still really good. Yeah, it hits yeah. different. Motes, I was looking at Tredavis White where he was selected 27th in the draft in 2017. Mm-hmm. Dude, this 2017 draft class – has a chance to make that 2010 class, huh? I mean, look at this. Miles Garrett, Jamal Adams, Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Marshawn Lattimore, <laughs> Marlon Humphrey, Tredavis White, TJ Watt, <laughs> Buda Baker, Ryan Ramchek. I mean, this is ridiculous. Jonathan mm-hmm. Allen, Malik Hooker, <laughs> Evan Ingram. <laughs> That's a heck of a draft. Dalvin Cook was in this draft class. Juju was in this draft class. Alvin Kamara was in this draft class. Chris Godwin, Kareem Hunt, Shaquille Griffin, Kenny Galladay. James Conner? I mean, what are we talking about here, Arthur Motes? That 2017. Yeah. George Kittle was in that class, too. That's a really good draft. All right, so we got the same top three. Let's see if we can uh let's see if we can spice it up a little bit here. Motsy. Number four for me. And this was tough. Uh, there were three guys here that I knew, bless you, were gonna be my next three. Uh and I really honestly could take these three in any order and wouldn't Uh-oh. hate it. But it's here's where I split here's where I split my hairs. Number four, I've got Marshawn Lattimore. I know, from the team that I hate, the New Orleans Saints. I'm a little surprised by that, honestly. I know, you thought I'd have him all the way down, huh? I hate on that guy. I, I, I like Marshawn Lattimore. He's another young guy that's, I mean, he's not even 25 years old yet. Every single week Does Marshawn he... Marshawn like that, though, he, to you? He lines up across from the best competition I, I got that, but is he like that, though? But who else? So number five, I got Marlon Humphrey. Okay. Another young cat who I think is, and as much as it pains me to say about a Baltimore Raven, I think is very overrated. Mm-hmm. Over, or Sorry, not overrated. Overlooked, pardon me. Yes. When you talk about best corners in the National Football League, usually his name never comes up. Uh, I've got him at number five, and then at number six was where I had Darius Slay. I think he had a really good year last year. I think he's been solid for the Lions. Uh, I mean, he's been a pro bowler on a team that hasn't been very good. I just wonder how much of that was what they were asking him to do and now in Philadelphia he's going to be expected I think to shoulder a lot more of uh, of the load of that defense I'll be interested to see how that plays out so number four Lattimore number five Humphrey number I am six really surprised what you have in Lattimore that high I honestly I was going to put Humphrey in in front of him but I was like oh geez I got to give love to a saint or to a, a raven here this isn't going to turn out well I'll go with Lattimore four Humphrey five, oh, wow. Slay six. Well, we got two of the same uh, in this group. Actually, you had what Lattimore at four or five? Four, four. Oh, all right, all right. So we got two of the same guys, but it's a different order. So for me, at four, I went with Marlon Humphrey. I mean, dude, 
you hit on everything. He he's yep. a flat out beast. Not only can he lock up whoever, but he creates turnovers. Not only his interceptions, but we saw him punch out footballs as well. He's extremely productive, man. I think the most underrated yeah, guy on this list. Absolutely. And I love guys that turn turnovers into points. Turnovers into touchdowns. Take it to the house. Get in the paint. I love to see we that. We don't play. We take it to the house. And Marlon Humphrey definitely did that. And at five, man, I had to go with his running mate, Marcus Peters, because he's another guy that, I mean, since he's come in the league, he dominates in terms of attacking the ball. You do not like to throw at this guy because he's not trying to get PBUs. He gets interceptions. And we saw how big of a play it was as soon as he arrived in Baltimore when they played the Seahawks. He gets the pick six, and that changed the whole outlook of that game versus Russell Wilson, who at the time hadn't thrown a pick in, was it like 70-something? Uh, it was something crazy in terms of how many pass attempts he had before throwing an interception. Marcus Peters is that type of player. He, he's not the best from a technical standpoint. He gets real handsy. He, he's very, we call eye violation. He likes to keep his eye in the backfield. That's why a lot of times, <laughs> like the double moves, if you have enough time, he's susceptible to that. But he's so long and rangy that that's what makes him so good as a, as a corner and why he's always been so productive since coming into the league. So for me, man, that's why I have Marcus Peters at five. And then at number six, got to go with Darius Slay, man. He's a dude, like you said, man, was in Detroit. Bad, bad situation. Shout out to your boy, Matt Patricia. Mm-hmm. But he's locked down, man. He's walking around. He, he, he Wherever your, your best year is, Darius is going to go over there and he's matching him and he he's with whatever. He's so, talented. So for me, man, I think that's huge. I think that's a big reason why he's up here at number six. And hopefully he'll get even better at being in Philadelphia because now he won't have to be a part of a very, very bad franchise. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like it. See, so far we're, we're, we're getting there. Yeah, man. So uh, real quickly, Arthur Motes, we've done our top six to this point. Mm-hmm. we got a lot of similarities. I have Gilmore White, Ramsey, Lattimore, Humphrey, Slay, Hugo, Gilmore, Tredavious, Ramsey, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, and then Slay. Number seven is where I have Marcus Peters. Uh, We're not far off. It's it's tough. Listen, I don't like these some of these lists. We got to give credit to those purple people. I don't like it, but I just because be we're talking myself, defense. When you're talking defense, they they got some guys. They got some guys. They certainly do. Marcus Peters, a man. He's he's worn a lot of different uniforms in his young NFL career, but he's been productive. He's been good at every stop. At every <laughs> single stop. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if he was a li- just a little more consistent, I'd probably even have him a spot or two higher on my list. Yeah. But his talent. I, I mean, can't have dude, him. He was first team All Pro, wasn't he this year? He was, yeah. Dude, like, <laughs> and think about that. He's seven on our list. Yeah. He's first team All Pro. The, the H- talent, him and the, his running mate, first team All Pro. Like, talent, think about that. The talent at corner is deep in the NFL right now. Oh, certainly without a doubt, is. man. Number eight on my list. This might be where I Especially rock the, in the boat. AFC too. Absolutely, a lot of these guys are AFC guys. Yeah. Uh, this might be where I rock the boat. Arthur Motes, number eight. Joe Hayden. I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? He had one of his better years last year mm-hmm. and was a huge part of the Steelers' defense. Why, for a large part of my life, the Steelers' def- the Steelers secondary has been looked as looked at as the weakness of the Steelers' defense. For a large part of my adult life, that completely flipped last year, and I expect that to remain this year. Now, obviously, the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick was paramount in all of that. But from the moment that Joe, Joe Hayden got to Pittsburgh, the secondary has gotten better and better every single year. This is really tough. There's a lot of guys who deserve consideration in these mm-hmm. last few spots. But screw it. I'm wearing my black and gold glasses. I'm going Joe Hayden, number eight. Number nine, I'm going Patrick Peterson. I know last year wasn't his year. Uh, suspensions, injuries. 
but maybe kind of like the Ramsey conversation. I, I got to have him here somewhere. He's just that talented. He's just that good. He just turned 30, so he's still got plenty of tread left on those tires. I've got Pat Pete. What's that, number nine? Mm-hmm. And then number 10, last but not least here. Again, a lot of guys I could go with, but I'm going to give the nod to, to Byron Jones. Uh, he checks in at number 10 for me again, formerly of the Cowboys, now to the Miami Dolphins. Arthur Motes is shaking his head at me. I can see it coming. And then my honorable mentions, Xavier Howard, Richard Sherman, Jair Alexander, oh, wow. Steven Nelson. Wasn't Richard Sherman an all-pro this year as well? Hey. Wow. Hey. Wow. Might have been first team all pro. Yeah, you know, N- Namdi Asamoah was an all pro for a while too until he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, but while he was an all pro, he was all pro. <laughs> what are we talking about here? It was what? the scheme. What? He, he's done it in two I different schemes. You tell me where Richard Sherman is on your list, mister, you big bully. Okay, so at seven and a half, Patrick Peterson. I mean, even on a down year, he still is yeah, a top 10 he had corner. To be in my top yeah, 10. it's not even debatable. Yep. At number eight, I go with Richard Sherman, and let's be real. I don't even like his style of play like that, but (laughs) it doesn't matter. He's productive wherever you put him at, man, and he continues to show that. He continues to let everybody know how productive he is. Oh, along with negotiating his own contract and hitting all those incentives, he lets you know that as well, Mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. So for me, And making sure that nobody in the media respects him, even though he was a second-team All-Pro. But the thing was, he's coming off of a torn Achilles. Remember, nobody gave him any love. Nobody, th- yeah, everybody even thought he was a second team All Pro. Nobody, but no, gave no, him any love. nobody gave him love, man. Let's be real about it. That was a forceful. They didn't want to vote him up there. We know that. Don't uh, don't act, don't act like any time this year people were on the, the Richard you Sherman see, bandwagon because they is weren't. Why Arthur Motes. I think we one thing that we we've, we've discovered a lot of things. You know, in our year yes. and a half, two years, rocking the microphone together. I think one of the things that we discovered is that you and I are the ones who need to just vote on all this stuff. I agree. 100%. Hall of Fame, all yes. pros, yes. all that. Just let you and I vote on it, and then it'll we'll be, be a lot simpler. Then we'll man. be good. A lot simpler. It'll be a lot simpler. But yeah, I had to have Richard Sherman at eight, man, because I do respect his game, even if I don't like his game. I still respect it. Okay. At number nine, I want Marshawn Lattimore, man. Like I said, I still felt like I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I just. I'm not all the way sold on him just yet. Maybe I gotta deep dive into him a little bit more but right now he just he doesn't excite me enough well, did he, did he kind of do it like a Denzel Ward for you? Yeah. When like, he first came in the league it was like man this guy right. this and guy then, could be the dude. And then it kind of took a step back. I can see it. Not a big step back right. but a step right. back and now I'm just kind of like ah, well which one are you? I can see it. No different with Baker like which one are you? So that's my whole issue with Marshawn. Yeah like are you this elite guy or are you just a really good guy? I, I don't are know just maybe yet. somewhere in between? Yeah. yeah. All right, and now for the 10th and final spot. This was difficult, very, very difficult because it's a ton of names. Like you said, you got Xavier Howard, you got Joe Hayden, you got Byron Jones, you got Steven Nelson. Uh, I mean, Jair obviously, Jarvis Alexander. I mean, Kay, uh, Kyle Fuller, J.C. Jackson. I mean, you got a ton of names. I ain't even talk Casey Hayward either. Ton of names, ton of names. But for me, man, I want my black and gold goggles. Yeah. But not Jumpman Ooh. Joe. I went with Steven Nelson because let's be Mike real. Hilton, let's we go. We talked about this numerous times last year where Steven Nelson was outplaying Joe Hayden. We talked about it. We said the only difference was Joe Hayden, because of who he is and his name, he got a lot more respect, a lot more attention, and he was getting the interceptions. Regardless of where they were taking place at during the game, he was still getting them, so that made it look a lot better. Whereas with Steven Nelson, we talked about how, man, when he was targeted, man, his percentage in terms of – QBR against him in terms of pass deflections against him. I mean, he was lights out. Lights out. Now, the knock on him, you could say, is he doesn't follow a number one receiver. But between, but the way him and Joe Hayden, they both play right and left, they both 
excuse me, they both deal with some number ones and some number twos. That's just how the Steelers are running their defense with those two guys because they are on that caliber. No different with Mark uh, with Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. They just play right and left because they are that talented. So that's why for me, man, I went Steven Nelson. I was like, man, the year he had, especially think about when we signed him, right? The largest free agent contract the Steelers have ever dealt out. It was yeah, a big deal. Big, true. big deal. That's true. And then remember, the 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 Chiefs media, oh man, you can have this dude, man. He's not good. He had the four picks. That's because he was targeted so much. We talked about this, right? The most targeted corner in the NFL two years ago was Steven Nelson. So we knew all these things surrounding him, all these expectations. We knew him playing opposite Joe, the attention he was going to receive. And he stood up like a big dog all year long, man. I like it. So that's why for me I have him at 10. But then when I go with my honorable mentions, I have Joe Hayden, obviously Xavier Howard, and Byron Jones. That's why I just kind of stopped because I was like, I can keep going down right. this list if I right. wanted to. Talk about Jair Alexander. Right, but those were the three that, like, for me, I debated the most putting them on the list. I like it. I man, like you it. you really went Joe over Steven, huh? I did. I did. I went Batman. I mean, I like Joe's swagger way, way better I than I went Jordan's. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong with either yeah. of those guys. Uh, you really can't. And you know Joe part of that, that amazing draft class, too. 2010. It's the best. 2010. What? Uh, I know Joe went to Florida. Where'd Steven Nelson go to college? Uh, was it an SEC school as well? Pop quiz. Let's find out. God bless Google. You know what I'm saying? I mean, where would we be without Oregon State? That's right. Him and Chad Ochocinco. Whoa. The Fighting Beavers. Yeah, they don't have an well, illustrious. Was, no, no, they had another guy that went there. A uh, Jackson. Back. Jackson. No, no, no. Uh, well, I know Steven Jackson, but uh, yeah. Jacquez uh, Rogers. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember him and Noel Devine were like uh, a big thing at the uh, same time. Yeah. I was I like, who am I forgetting? Yeah, that's exactly I love who it was. It. I love it. All right, last chance to get those tweets in, knuckleheads, or hold your peace until Monday. At Wesley Euler, at Body 52 The Body. We'll wrap up the show with your questions, comments, concerns, reactions on the other side. It's also ooh, Arthur Motes. It's the return. Uh-oh. Show me the money. Show me the money! You know we got to get that paper on the other side. Sports are back this weekend, and we'll talk about it before we get out of here. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, wrapping up the show at Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wrapping up the show here on a Friday, as always, with your reaction on the Twitter.com. Let's get right to it. Joseph says, seeing as you guys are getting bumped up, are you going to be in the big time studio with the phones asking for friends? I might finally be able to call in in that new sweet time slot, but don't be getting too big time for us. Happy Friday. <laughs> Joseph, we don't know what's going on with the phone lines, man. Ah. Who, who would have thought we'd be sitting here a year later saying the same thing? <laughs> We're not sure, but if you know who that we can write, if you want to write a letter to your congressman, all right, if you want to phone call your senators and tell them that Euler and Motes need the phone line. <laughs> no, no, no. See, this is what we got to ask y'all, right? As the power grid, what if we only gave y'all a number to dial, but only one person could call at a time? What if that was the case? Mm-hmm. Would y'all be okay with that? Yeah, because Motes and I, we, there is kind of a janky way that we could do this, but we could only have one person on the line. One person one. on the line. So, so if you're calling the line's busy, you know you're not the lucky caller. 
we, we take it back to like early 2000s where you had to be the 10th caller yep. and you get in, it, it'd be that situation. Yep. There's no, call, the there's no call waiting. There's in no these, call waiting. You know what I mean? So, so you let us know. If y'all open to that, we got options. All right? Uh, Steel City Reese wants to know about the Steelers potentially maybe even adding some more tight end depth. He mentions uh, Jordan Leggett as a possibility. I don't know. I, you know what it's going to depend on? I think, honestly, is, um, and I'm drawing a blank now on his name, the tight end from Michigan that the Steelers drafted oh, two uh, years ago. I'm drawing a blank on It's not too. Kevin Rader because he was no, the no, local no, no, guy. No. Uh, Gentry, Gentry, yeah, Gentry, right? I'm thinking about yep. butts. I was like, no, that's the year before then. Yeah. I, I would guess it depends on how they feel about his development, how he's come along. And I got to think, too, Reese, to be honest with you, right, at this stage in the game, if you're still out there as a free agent, if you're not, you know, Jadavian Clowney or one of these big name guys, you might you might be waiting for a little while yeah. because there's just so much going on right now. And to bring a guy in from outside, you have to test him and all that before you could even get to the physical and those things. Man, I mean, and, and I mean, the name you said with Jordan Leggett, he hasn't been the most productive throughout his career either. He's only had one real season where he's played. Obviously, um, last year in, in Tampa, he didn't see any games. And then his first year in uh, New York, he didn't either. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I think they're pretty set, though, man. You're going with Ebron and Vance, and you're going to ride those two ponies. You know, that's just kind yeah. of the thought process. Yeah. From there, I mean, you would hope Gentry can develop. But because you bring in an Ebron, that takes a lot of the pressure off of one of those guys. Now, I think if anything were to happen to an Ebron or a Vance throughout training camp, right. you could That's definitely story, see certainly. them potentially making some moves there, whether it's Jordan Lego or even if they took a flyer on a guy like Jordan Reed, who's a low-risk, high-reward signer yeah. and things like that. Like I, I see those type of scenarios potentially playing out. TC, now here's an interesting point in the kind of would the Lamar Jackson be a top-five pick conversation, how would that shake out? He says the difference between between the big difference for me, you know, between a guy like Jackson and Mahomes, TC points out, is that we've seen um, Lamar Jackson. Like, sorry, I just lost the tweet here. Here, where is it? Uh, your quarterback has to be able to make throws when the other team knows that you have to pass. Mm-hmm. Mahomes did that all postseason. Lamar has so far not been able to do that when trailing. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but then it also goes back also, to what I was talking about with the talent standpoint, right? Too. How much? Just yeah. I don't know if coaches necessarily how much would they be thinking? Oh, well, if we get to the postseason, right? Is Lamar? They just want to get to the yeah, postseason absolutely. in the first place and go from there. But it is yeah. an interesting angle, TC. I, I do think you know it's one of those considerations. It, it, it's it's there's it's never as cut and dry of an answer as we want True. it to be. Uh, Thrash here says, last but not least, our buddy Thrash says, uh, for our debates, we need a neutral third-party guy. <laughs> well, maybe it'll have to be you, Thrash. Uh-oh. Hey, hey, man. How about he, that? He's constantly in the zone, man. How about that? You're approved as long as you agree with me. You agree with West too much, are you getting fired. Just throwing it out there. Oh, that's very, very politician-like of you there. Yep. Right there. <laughs> just, just letting you know. All right, Mubsy, we had basketball last night. We got basketball all weekend. We got hockey. The shout, Pens- shout out to the Lakers, man. Y'all want me some money. Shout out to LeBron for not getting two dunks last the night. The Pens are Hurt my back, Mubsy. The Pens are back tomorrow. Playoff hockey, baseball rolls along. We got the FA Cup. This weekend, so you know what, Arthur Motes. I think it's yeah, a good WNBA time. Yeah, WNBA too, man. Don't, don't short them. WNBA, MLS. Yeah. There's even U- there's UFC this weekend too, isn't Absolutely, there? Absolutely, man. Shout out to Derek Brunson, man. He got a big fight this weekend. So, Arthur Motes, you know what? I think it's time to uh, dust off an old friend. Uh-oh. Say hello, to, say hello, hello to our old buddy. Hello, darkness, my old friend. It's time to get that paper.
Show me the money. Show me the money! Yes, let's do it. Get the goosebumps rolling, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Arthur Mutz, we're back. Oh, and we're back in a big way. Let's get right into it. Let's talk some hoops, Arthur Mutz, tonight. I like a little parlay. You know, uh oh, parlay. Houston Rockets, I think they're one of the favorites in the Western Conference, right? Milwaukee, certainly one of the favorites in the Eastern Conference. Both favorited tonight in their return to play. But if you parlay them together, you get a nice plus 225. Now you're talking to me. You're talking like what? Probably two of the top five teams in basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Parlay them together in a... $10 bet would win you $35 in return. That's a nice little return. Wow. So tonight, let's parlay. parlay. Houston and Milwaukee. Talk a little parlay. Parlay. Now parlay. let's move to Saturday, Mozi, because that's really, that's the week, that's the sports du jour day uh, of the week. Talk to me. We'll stay with basketball at first. Uh, the Pacers, the Indianapolis Pacers. Tomorrow night, they're underdogs. You're right. They play in Indianapolis. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. I've been, I've been Who a couple of Who are these Indianapolis games. Pacers you speak of? The Indiana Pacers, you know, just <laughs> like the Indianapolis Pacers. <laughs> they are playing uh, the uh, the 76ers tomorrow night, Motsi. And Ooh. the Sixers are pretty big favorites. Are we going to get crying and bead? Um, here's my thing with the Sixers, right? They're I, bums. I just, I, I don't try, like, I don't think they really want to be there. They've got a lot of talent on that roster, right? But they, uh, yes, they they're do. not Very like Ben Simmons is more concerned with his headbands and, and, and shooting threes on Instagram. Joel he, Embiid he did hit a three though. Joel Embiid is more concerned with his outfits and his jokes and his FaceTimes about how bad the food is. Then these dudes are they're not LeBron James. They're not zero dark thirty locked in out there. They're not Well, well that's because they Philly guys, and you know how all you Philly lovers are. I, I just I don't believe in the Sixers in general when it comes to the postseason. I don't think they have what it takes to win playoff rounds, to win tough series. I definitely don't believe them in this situation because I don't think they want to be there in the first place. So give me the underdogs, the Pacers, at plus 180. Mm. Let's go, Indianapolis. <laughs> Let's go, Indiana. Woo. Pacers, baby. We're rocking with the Pacers tomorrow night. I need night. to hop in on that for the fun of it. Ooh, we're also Arthur Motes tomorrow night. The Pens are back, so you know we got to get in on some hockey action. First round of the playoffs, a little qualifying round. Penguins, pretty big favorites. But if you take them as a goal and a half favorites, Motsi, you actually get positive odds. You get plus 160. So give me mm. the Pens to beat the Canadians tomorrow night by two or more goals at plus 160. And then last but not least here for you, Arthur Motes. How about a little footy, mate? All right, let's do we it, man. We'll go across the pond one more time. Hey, if we don't go across the pond, what are we doing? You know, it's the FA Cup final tomorrow mm. at Wembley Stadium in England, you know. Oldest, Arthur Motzke, this oldest cup competition mm -hmm. in the world of football. In the world. Dates all the way back to the 1800s, this oh, competition. Talk to me. It's like 140 bleeding years old. I the love FA it. Cup, and you got two heavy hitters in the final. Oh, we do? Arsenal and Chelsea, mate. Oh, let's go. Arsenal and Chelsea. Chelsea, the slight favorites, and they are the better team. Mm -hmm. But Motzi, Arsenal, for whatever reason, the FA Cup, they've just done so well over the last three, four years. And their years. name is better. Let's be real. <laughs> their name Come is is oh, better. Um, Arsenal, like since 2015, mm -hmm. they've been to the FA. This will be like their fourth time in the FA Cup final. Yeah. And they've won it twice already. So like they're, I for like whatever it. reason, they struggle, but they're really good in this competition. I like it. And they're big underdogs, plus 240. I like so it. So give me Arsenal to win the FA Cup. Boom. Plus 240. Arthur Motes, that'll golden. do it. That's golden. For this week, one more time for the people. 
Don't tune in. I mean, tune into SNR. Was- <laughs> tune into SNR at noon next week. Don't tune in. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't tune in at noon. Wait a minute. So, all right, tune in SNR at noon next week. Tune in all day because we've got wall to wall coverage. Mozi and I moved to three o'clock. So a little time change, but a bonus hour, baby. Three to six going forward starting next week. Arthur Motes, they can't hold us back. Nope. They can't stop us. We're going straight to the top. And we couldn't have done it without you, Pat. Not at all, man. We couldn't have done it without you guys. Y'all have helped us reach the upper room. So new time. We'll talk to you on Monday, but it won't be high noon. It'll be at 3 p.m. drive time. But you always know where to find us. It's the same oh, yeah. spot, oh, and yeah. it's on your 24-7. <laughs> 27 Your 24-7. <laughs> home of the black and gold. Steeler Nation Radio.